You are now listening to The Sound of Sanity. The sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity. My name is Nathan Albers and I am your humble and obedient host. And I'll tell you what else you've got on your side. Well, you've got the preacher who's a teacher of sanity right there. It's Benjamin J. Solzer. Here I am. How we doing, Ben? Good, Nathan. How are you? <laughs> you know, been better, been worse. All right. Kind of doing all right, really. All right. Yeah. Hey, you want to introduce the pastor who's a master of sanity? I do. It's the pastor who's master of sanity. It's Jake Metzl. Hey, what's up? Lots. All right, guys, we need like 30 seconds of banter before we get to our mm. subject. Mm. So, uh, Jake, what do you want to banter about? Here, Jake, why don't you whiteboard some ideas for us? Well, uh, you're good at that. And then we'll make a decision about what to banner about. Uh, no. Jake's refusing to whiteboard ideas for us to banner about. <laughs> what he doesn't he, he realize is that I've already involved him in meta banter about <laughs> banter. <laughs> Sucker. It's, it's hilarious. Oh, man. <sighs> yep. Getting a lot of good meta banter out of this. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's a content-rich banter. Oh, man. Today's conversation, how to make your iPhone your tool and not your master. I dare say people with other kinds of phones will still find something useful in this podcast. Mm. Yeah, I guess we could have said smartphone, but, you know. Maybe we will. For all I know, that'll be the, the, the entry, the, the, what do you call that thing? The title of the podcast. But we'll see. We're going to talk. We, we've all got iPhones. We're, we're slaves to the Apple Corporation, so. We'll, we'll probably refer to iPhones today, but we're going to talk about how to make your phone your tool and not your master. And so, let me ask you guys this question. Why would we do this? Because it's really easy to let your phone rule you mm-hmm. and become a master of your time and your thoughts and yeah, the way you spend your day. Yeah. I also think, I dare say it's, it's just a topic that people feel passively bad about and just bring a lot of guilt, kind of like properly observing the Sabbath is the random thing that popped mm-hmm. into my yeah, head. Well, this, yeah, it's just one of those things you don't really know how to process and do well for, so you just go you're through not life proactive about it, feeling guilty about. You have it because it's a necessary tool for your job or whatever, or at least maybe that's how you thought about it at first, and now it's just something that people use to manipulate you with their apps and the way they're set up, and mm-hmm. um. Social media is used to manipulate you and just kind of keep you a slave, keep you addicted to the phone and right. turn you into nothing more than a consumer that they can mm-hmm. advertise to or sell sell your data to for advertising purposes. Right. Which it is. You don't know how to get rid of, you can't get rid of the phone or feel like you can't because it has so much utility and yet it's way more than that in your life and you've had a pretty passive approach to it. So you just, all that's left is to just feel bad and consider it a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty fascinating problem that our society finds itself in. Yeah, that was a good grammatical construction. Maybe? No. It's a pretty fascinating problem that our society... Finds itself having. Finds itself having. Yeah, that sounds better somehow. We all carry around all knowledge, all entertainment, and all pornography in our pockets. We all have access to all of that. Tremendous amounts of wisdom and knowledge. You have the Bible at your fingertips. Um, in any version you want, in any language, in any translation, with the ability to cross-reference Greek and Hebrew and do searches. It's just all there at your fingertips. 
and along or listen to it as well as read it and any number of other good things works of theology and philosophy and just helpful things and then yeah all the world's pornography also yeah. click away the world's most Tab advanced away. pornography delivery mechanism completely private in your pocket stand in a corner goes with you in your car no one will ever know but god do your job and all the IP companies that, <laughs> that's right. that are harvesting, harvesting your data. data. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's really not that private, I guess. Well, the point of this podcast is not to take a large uh, snapshot of, of society or do the... Societal critique. Yeah. It, it is interesting, though, to speculate as to whether our society was ready for being granted this power. Or, like the guys in Jurassic Park, we created something that we could not control and it uh, broke out of its electric fence and ate us while we were sitting on the toilet. Never stopped to think whether or not we should. Right. We marketed it, we packaged it, we slapped it on a lunchbox and... What is it John Hammond says? You just need to let nature take its course. Yeah. It will be restored. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> yeah, something like so that. we're probably good one way or the other. I mean, a few people might get eaten, but... Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do another podcast and we've done... We've talked you about... you got the- a new computer. Courtesy of New Geneva. Wow. I know. Sorry? Just noted? Yeah. You've had a really old computer for a while. And yeah. I still have it around, but this is so I could do video editing without having to borrow Megan's computer. That's which, great. Which meant that video editing was almost impossible to get done. So. Yep. Cool. Sorry. Yeah. Au contraire, Jake. I still have the old computer. I'm leaving it all in, folks. You got oh. to hear that conversation. <laughs> wow. That was exciting. Yeah. It was good stuff. So... How to make your iPhone your tool and not your master. What are some things that you guys would like to say? We have some categories that we threw on the old whiteboard. And the first one is time saver versus time waster. Well, if the goal of the iPhone is to make your life more efficient, then it should be used actively for that purpose, right? Like Mm -hmm. you should actually use it. So to enhance your real life. Right. And not to suck you away from real life. Right. So there are all kinds of ways that you can actually use your phone to be more efficient and more effective all the time. Ways that you can, apps you can use for reminders and tasks and ways to very quickly record thoughts and ideas that just make your life and work easier and more efficient. So you have more time to be here now and to be with your friends and your family and your church. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's a double-edged sword because, well, there's so many different directions we could take this conversation. One thing that I thought of as you were saying that is it's wonderful to always have access to a machine that will record my thoughts and ideas and let me engage with the work side of my life. Oh, that would be good for a podcast. Let me put that down. It's also... Oppressive tyranny. It's, it's a burden. It's like, I'm out at dinner with my wife. She says something interesting. Uh, I better get that down. I better get that down. Maybe that's just the tyranny of... Uh, talking for a living yeah that but, may be part of it. but but i think yeah. we all probably can relate to that tyranny one way or another you've, you've got this device that can do all this stuff for you and therefore you want to keep doing the stuff and you feel compelled to keep doing the right. stuff and it might be an inconvenient time but well i sure hate th- letting email pile up so i'm gonna constantly check my email and tick that box and get that dopamine rush and Ticket mm-hmm. and ticket and ticket and ticket and I'm constantly ticking the email box. Yeah, I've been very, what's the word, tempted to get a smartwatch because it would be useful for some different things. But then I see people with smartwatches and they're getting their messages 
on the watch. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that. I mean, that's fine if that person wants to do that, but I need at least the distance of having to pull my phone out of my pocket <laughs> to check the message that someone sent me instead of just having it appear on my arm. Yeah. Like providing yeah. myself even that much distance will save me and my wife many arguments probably. Yeah, no, actually. That's, that's true. It makes your life in general more compulsive though. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I, I got to do this now. Why? Well, I like doing it now. Well, because I should notifications. Do it now. Because notifications. There's a little red badge there that I have to make disappear. Yeah. It buzzed. It buzzed against my thigh. What is someone saying to me? Is it important? Is it interesting? Is it? Does it matter? I have five seconds. My I wife is looking away. I assume it's more important than the thing that's happening right now in front of me. Well, even if it's not, who's going to miss me for five seconds? I mean, my wife. Come on, actually, yeah, she'll get pretty angry. Um, well, there's no way to know if it is in fact more important. Right. And the thing going on except by looking, you check. Yeah, yeah. So you get into all kinds of crummy loops that make people you love unhappy. Well, there's also the larger societal issue at play, though, that people expect you to check it. Like you, yeah. you, you don't have the same 20 minutes to respond or the same hour to call people back that you used to. There is the general mm. expect expectation that you can get your emails during the day, yeah. that you can get them no matter where you're at. That you can. Now, I'm not saying that we have to live being oppressed by that or that there aren't times to turn your phone off yeah but i'm just saying or at least turn the notification or turn the notifications off do not disturb and there's all kinds of people that i i've talked to that say like no actually i do only check my email once a day because that's I think what that's a really smart practice for most people right yeah just have it having a set time right this is the email time and i have notifications turned off i don't want to know about the new huh. emails that come in there are more efficient ways to get a hold of me in an, in an emergency than email. I'm going to mm-hmm. check it once a day mm-hmm. or twice a day, morning and evening, and that's it. Yeah. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to work through them all, check them all off as part of the day, and then be done. Right. Which might not work for... I, I guess if we're going to distill that into a piece of wisdom for someone, just a, a nugget, how would we, we distill it? Just... It's to be proactive. Be proactive. It's to be yeah. proactive and have a plan. Don't be passive, Mm -hmm. right? So much of what we're talking about, what we're assuming is we've all been more or less passive in our approach to our iPhones. And I think the one rule for the day is if you're passive, you're a slave and you're being ruled by it. Mm -hmm. And so don't be a slave. You be the master. You rule it. You set your principles and you be proactive about those things. And it's going to look different for different people. At some point, we're going to talk about, come back to the issue of access to to pornography. We've well, got to mm-hmm. be proactive about that. And there are different ways to be proactive. One is to simply say, screw it. I'm not going to have a, fo- a, a, a smartphone and people are going to have to get a hold of me other ways. And I'm just going to have to deal with the inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And so is my employer if, or whatever. So, so are the people, so, so is my church and that's okay. My church uses apps or whatever to keep connected. And mm-hmm. you should have pastors and elders that applaud you mm-hmm. and encourage you. And are happy to be inconvenienced by the fact that you don't have the apps because you don't have the smartphone because you're protecting yourself. Right. But some people simply shouldn't have one. And other people need lots of accountability. There are ways to have install covenant eyes, all browsers, have your browsers locked, have YouTube locked, removed. All that stuff can be done. And there are other people that just need some basic, you know what, probably best to uh, not allow my phone into the bedroom mm-hmm. or into places that are 
I'm not going to have it in in the bathroom with me. That's the time yeah, it doesn't when I go to the, to, yeah. It doesn't go to the bathroom. It doesn't go to the bedroom. Something like that. There's probably people out there that's just like, it's just not a big deal. Yeah. You know? But principle is be proactive and don't walk in the way with sinners. Mm-hmm. Right? So in like Joseph, run. Mm-hmm. Right? Run, avoid, avoid sin. That's what the wise man does. He doesn't put himself in a position of comp- where he's going to be tempted to compromise. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that this all requires a high degree of self-knowledge and some self-awareness and the ability to know what your triggers are, actually, which I don't take it for granted that everyone listening to this podcast has a high degree of that. It may be something that you have to think about and develop, mm. but I'm sure there are all kinds of things. I mean, certainly in my life, there are places where I might be scrolling on Facebook and I might not think of it as a pornography delivering mechanism. But then I have a bunch of old friends that dress immodestly or something like that. And I just blithely scroll past it and it makes me a, a little l- more guilty and a little less. It, yeah. hurts, it hurts me. But, I, but again, I'm being passive about it because. Yeah, and if Facebook, how much more Instagram? You know? right. Well, yeah, Instagram would have been a better example. But well, yeah. even Facebook. C- certainly fine. Facebook, too. I think it's too. a fine example. But you, well, and you have to. You have to begin to see the connections with the type uh, between what you consider pornography and the types of content that are being fed to you on those platforms and the types of lusts that they are in fact mm-hmm. satiating in you. Right. Right. And uh, this is a well-worn shtick of mine, but a long time, probably, I don't know, eight to 10 years ago, I was reading Augustine's confessions and he talks about the distinction between the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. And the basic distinction is just the lust of the flesh is actually gratifying physical desires where the lust of the eyes is an unhealthy curiosity for things that simply are not yours to know. Things that you don't have any business knowing or seeing. And the lines get blurry when it comes between the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh when it comes to pornography, but the, it's both and. And there's, there's something forbidden that you're not supposed to see. And there are other forbidden things that you should not see that aren't yours to know. Some of that can be as simple as you don't need to know what your ex-girlfriend from 10 years ago had for lunch. This is knowledge that's just not naturally yours to possess. When somebody listening might say, "Ah, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be interested to know that. But you might be interested to know what her lifestyle is or who her current husband is. You want to see her and imagine her. Yeah, Yeah, and imagine the would-bes, could-bes. And it all feeds in small ways, imperceptible ways. These little desires to uh, of the imagination to just you know yeah society's what always talking about microaggressions that imagination that's the like micro lusts yes like, and they all tend in a direction mm. and they all would be as John Owen likes to point out in Mortification of Sin every the smallest bit of lust would be full blown adultery if it could mm-hmm. everything that tends to that direction it would it would it just lacks the opportunity in the circumstances and whatever else. And you like to feed those little things mm-hmm. and keep those plants small and have them have a nice little garden there that you cultivate and hope and pretend that it's not going to bear fruit someday, but it will. Right. And mm-hmm. it does. And it already is in your life and in your relationships. And you have to cut that off. Right. And right. so you have to begin to see and make those connections. And once you do, then you realize you can't be passive about these sorts of things. You can't be passive about scrolling Facebook or Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
Well, yeah. There's useful things. Facebook can be a useful tool. So can Instagram. I'm on both of them. Also on Twitter. I'm not saying don't be on them, but you better know what you're about and the direction that your heart tends. And well, on social media, especially, I think you need to understand that just because someone chose to expose their nakedness doesn't mean it's not a sin for you to look at it. And what I mean right. by that is, I mean, yes, literal nakedness, of course, but people are always telling the most shameful things about themselves and telling secrets and yeah. telling, mm-hmm. here's how I was abused or here's, yeah. here's a bad person in my life. And it's like, even if you could imagine a scenario where a godly person would need to know that for any number of reasons because they had a real relationship with that person. Why do you need to know that? You don't, you don't need to know that this person was hurt by her boyfriend and now her kid. You see these kinds of confessional yeah, you're, things you're a, all the time. Your acquaintance who lives, who you met uh, once in college or high school who lives five states away now. Mm-hmm. You just don't have any business knowing this stuff. Right. Uh, I'm thinking this is fresh. What can you do to help? Right. What can you do to contribute? What can you do to be a part of any of this stuff? Uh, There may be a degree to which you can pray for people, but you don't need all that detail to to pray for somebody. No. Mm -hmm. Well, just another thing related to this is that the technology folks who are harvesting your data aren't going to help you. Like if they figure out you pause for two seconds on pictures of women in bikinis... That will help them advertise to you and promote other things to you that will show up in your feed. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, it's it's just a marketing machine. I was watching a documentary about this stuff with my wife and it was an okay documentary, but it, it was interesting Facebook to realize. suggested this documentary for you guys. No, <laughs> <started> Nathan. Playing. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Showed up in the feed. What I found is that that is frighteningly true and i i've said this before probably but particularly on instagram i've found that their what's the word algorithm their algorithm is so sophisticated it's, so it would be one thing if creepy. it was like he likes women with bikinis but it's like he likes redheads with green eyes and a freckle on their left it like really figures out exactly what you like and gives you more it, it knows more about you you may have never have even thought, gee, I like uh, a woman with some freckles. But it notices that you subconsciously stop you, scrolling for two seconds and give you more right. freckles. Yeah. And it's that that dumb story that from like 10 years ago or whatever that everybody heard about the dad who was really angry at Target for advertising maternity stuff mm-hmm. to him and to his daughter only to find out that his daughter was in fact pregnant and had picked up on all the cues uh, from huh. cookies and searches and uh, purchases. Purchase I patterns. find it harder to believe that that's not true. And it sounds like one of those little modern folk tales, but, right. but I, I, I bet that, that, I bet that, 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 that scenario has in fact happened. That happened? Sure. Yeah. Whether the person yeah. recognized it as happening or not at the time is another question, but yep. I think the algorithms yeah. are that sophisticated. I have expect one day for to find out that we're pregnant from advertising before either my wife or I know. Mm-hmm. Like that's <laughs> that's how sophisticated I think that they really are. Body heat sensors, pupil dilation sensors, who knows what they're building in. <laughs> it was frightening how... It's not out of... How adept they were at adapting to our pregnancy. I mean, you just, they tracked us all the way through it and sold us the exact stuff that they wanted to sell us. Yep. It was like it, they knew exactly when it was time for maternity clothes and started pulling up their advertisers. And it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And what's 
weirder is that it feels convenient because it's like, oh, they know better what I need than I do. But in a very sort of brave new world sort of way, it feels yeah. it feels warm and happy, and you can just uh, bathe in like, oh, they got me. They're taking yeah, care of I, me. Yeah, I don't need to th- think about maternity clothes because when the time comes, I'm going to get ads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How do they know? I, I, like I don't board need games. to think about what kind of bottles and cribs and strollers and things because I'm going to start getting ads for the coolest versions that are well suited to my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Right when the time is right. Yeah, and that's not actually that's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. If you want to be carried along, they are more than happy to oblige mm-hmm. and keep selling you stuff. Keep stuffing the the well the cows and chickens on their our factory farm. Yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, even that stuff you have to Stay be prepared. Stay on the conveyor belt, buddy. Yep. <laughs> you have to think of even all their advertising crap as a tool of some kind, or just something to totally delete and ignore. Uh, you can't just accept it and click through every ad they send you. Well, every I guess that's basic, basic, basic self-control. But still, it's what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this is self-awareness and basic self-control. But, man, those are things that we all need to have. Should we talk about the, our next point? Or, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so the next thing that we threw on our little whiteboard, folks, is you have access to wisdom, but you also have access to folly. And this is the same kind of thing that we were talking about. Earlier, you got the Bible in your pocket, you got audiobooks, you've got the world's knowledge at your fingertips, and all kinds of ways that you can use that to enhance your real life mm-hmm. and to make the most of the time, right? We're talking about earlier about wasting time or saving time, making the most of the time. It's something that you actively can do. You, We've talked before on this uh, show about the app Versus, mm-hmm. a, scripture mem- a gamified scripture memory app. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's like, all right, you're waiting in line, you could stand there and try to engage the people around you in conversation but failing that you could look at cat videos Mm -hmm. or (laughs) you could do something a little bit more productive right and there are ways to get to suck down the rabbit hole on both sides and i don't want to bleed into our next point but you really do have a super powerful tool in your pocket that you carry around that people would have killed to have access to and i don't think it's worth taking that seriously and using it seriously being very intentional like if you're interested in what aristotelian ethics if you want to learn about copernicus if you want to shore up your knowledge of geography it's right there all the answers if you want to understand quantum physics everything that you need to understand quantum physics i'm not necessarily suggesting that every one of these things is a noble use of every person's time but i am saying if you want to become a well more well-rounded individual which everyone should and if you want to know about different things, if you want to increase your talent stack, as people might say, it's right there. Yep. It's right there. And you don't have to be an autodidact about it. I mean, you have to pick and choose the kinds of things that you want to study, but you don't have to go on a course of self-discovery. You can actually just take classes right. online, right? You can access classes at universities, you classes taught by experts. There's something called master class. I mean, there's just all kinds of ways you can... Uh, put yourself in the hands of people who know what they're talking about and really learn some great stuff and all from from your phone. Well, this might be a good place to say, I think the internet, this has been much commented on by better men than me, but the internet has a democratizing effect. It levels everything and everyone because you're viewing everyone and everything, whether it's the Bible, whether it's cat videos, through this one eight inch by four inch uh, little prism with ads and stuff scroll in your but all that to say 
do not, uh, one, one good tip for your internet usage is remember that hierarchy still exists, that authority and expertise do in fact still exist. I think this is something that the internet just casually in the way that it presents itself to us makes us forget. And it's important to remember that some guys sounding off on Facebook might not know as much as the person who spent their life studying that thing and has a degree in that thing. Mm-hmm. It's important to not think that this guy who has an interesting podcast over here knows as much as this guy over here who is a pastor, who is a 60-year-old pastor as opposed to the 20-year-old. It's You can find all kinds of sources. You can find primary sources. You can find secondary sources. You can find sources that are just lying to you. You can find everything. And it's just important to know which one is which and to give yourself to the good ones, which doesn't mean you can't use Wikipedia. You just have to understand you're looking through a smudgy window when Mm -hmm. you use Wikipedia. And so you're seeing things a little bit smudged and that's okay. But understand the difference between looking through a smudgy window and looking through a nice expensive pair of binoculars and be smart. Yeah, and I think all of that leads to our, our next point, which is you have to have mentality when you approach this stuff. There's a whole bunch of people out there uh, who are wiser than you and smarter than you that you have access to. And there's a whole bunch of people out there that are trying to deceive you and trick you. And you have to know, again, what you're after. You have to be proactive and you have to know what you're out to take and what you're out to leave and, and to not let yourself be ruled by even the, the pressure of having access to all the world's knowledge and wisdom in your pocket. Or the pressure of having access to every kind of entertainment you could want. Right. Legitimate. Of having you know. access to... I feel that pressure. It's every, like... Perversity. Yeah, perversity you could use to, to slake your lust. Yeah. There's, you're going to say you feel that pressure. Well, even with just entertainments, I'm like, how dare I not watch all the popular shows? They're all available to me. I'd like to be part of the cultural conversation. I mean, this is not like a strong instinct that I have to fight all that hard at this point in my life, but it's there. I do sometimes have that feeling like, oh, that's on Netflix. And that's the thing that people are talking about. And that's the thing that's trending on Twitter. I should be a part of that conversation. I should be a part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. Why haven't I watched season four of this thing or that thing like it's all there it's all i I could be doing it yeah and again that's where you have to step back and evaluate absolutely evaluate absolutely everything that you do uh, through the lens of hey i have a real life Mm -hmm. with real people i have real responsibilities i have my own responsibility to god my responsibility to my family and my responsibility to my church and my responsibility to my employer and my responsibility to my neighbor is what I'm doing on this phone helping me? Right. Mm-hmm. And is it helping me more than doing something else right now? And you have to be able to just use it as one of the many tools that God has provided for you to love him and to love your neighbor and to love your family and church and, and, to, and do your job well. We talked about this somewhere, but I can't for the life of me think where we talked about this. It is important as you do what Jake is saying to remember that the internet tends to present cultural homogeny in a way that it does not actually exist. In other words, because of the way that the algorithms work on Twitter, you might think, ah, everybody's watching season four of this. Well, how many of your friends actually have watched season four of this? How much much of that is actually a water? How many of your neighbors? How many people you physically see around you? Right. You, You can very easily get FOMO and think, oh, wow, I have to be part of this conversation. Do you? 
Is anyone that you know actually having that conversation? If you begin to ask that question, you'll begin to see, actually, quite often, the only people that are having that conversation are some elites on Twitter or whatever your social media app is of choice. Are the kinds of people that are vulnerable to buying into that lie. Right. That everybody's doing it. Right. Those are the only kinds of people that are actually having the conversation. And everybody else who's doesn't care about social media and never is on it, they're going about their lives and they're doing different things. Right. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to say about how to make your iPhone your tool and not your master, fellas? That's a pretty good set of starting guidelines, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like anything else, it comes down to taking responsibility. Yeah. Right. And being proactive. Understanding the tool that you have, understanding its capacities for good and for evil in your life, and being proactive about using it for good and avoiding evil, turning away from evil and turning to what's good. And if that's not a responsibility that you can manage well because of your lack of maturity, then get rid of the phone and grow in maturity. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, It really should be that simple. And that's why you shouldn't let your kids have them. Mm -hmm. Your kids are not mature enough to have that kind of access to evil or that kind of access to evil people who would take advantage of them and prey upon their weakness Mm -hmm. and immaturity. (laughs) And so be the parent, protect them, keep it away and help them grow in wisdom and maturity and grow in wisdom and maturity yourself. And (laughs) part of that, I mean, if you can't, if you haven't, I mean, part of what I want to say is, although this would indict almost all of us, if you didn't have the wisdom to think this through, the kinds of things we're talking about right now, before you got your phone, you should have never got it in the first place. Well, you did indict all of us, didn't you? Pretty much. I think it's true. But I also have some sympathy for people and for myself even, because there is this crazy disproportionate giant Grand Canyon gulf between the awesome power and responsibility of us of a smartphone over here and the way that we think of that power and responsibility yeah over here right you have like the genie's lamp and you don't even know it like you have all the power you have things that kings and empires would have destroyed killed for you have all the music all the entertainment and all the power and all the knowledge of all of human civilization in your pocket and you have all the dollars a month for fifty (laughs) dollars a month and you carry it with you everywhere you go and it's It's just you take it for granted and you had no idea yeah, no idea. And you don't even think about the danger of your own enslavement to the powers controlling that power or however you want to talk We're about. We're just fish in water here. That's right. Yeah. And it's hard to talk about the water. That's It is. It is. Yeah. It's hard to talk about it. It's hard to think about it. It's hard to compare how it was. It's hard. I, I don't think a lot about how it was when I grew up well, without a smartphone. But it was different. And I thought about my life differently. And I acted differently around other people because of this phone. Mm -hmm. I forget that. Yesterday, I was on a plane hurtling through the air at thousands of miles an hour while watching a movie on my iPad from a time before smartphones. And like, I was sitting there being amazed by how tactile that world was and how analog it was and how cool it it seemed and how retro cool it seems now. And also musing on the fact that in the vast history of humanity for thousands and thousands of years, the idea that we could strap ourselves to a rocket Mm -hmm. and drop each other on the other side of a continent in a matter of hours is just 
wild. It's just wild. We talk on uh, Sanity at the Movies all the time about how film is actually a really new medium. And we don't know... <laughs> we don't even know what this art is yet. Yeah, yeah we, we haven't begun to process the art of film culturally. You can't do that until you've had a couple hundred years of it the way that we've done with painting and sculpture and music. And here we have airplanes and smartphones and the internet. And it's like, and it's new. It's brand Mm -hmm. new. It was literally born yesterday, 2007. Right. Right? Like (laughs) just over a decade old. That's really strange. And so we're all just playing catch up. The rapid advancement of technology, the pace at which it's moved is just crazy. Yeah, it's hyperspeed. It's just, it is crazy. And, and the amount that we take it for granted, I always think of us when I see a hack comedian ha- do their airplane bit, you know, ha, how about those peanuts on airplanes? They sure are stale. You're flying through the air, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not only do we have comedy about airplane food, it's a tired old, like a, only a bad comedian at this point would be such a boring <laughs> hack as to do right. comedy about how lame it is to fly through the air. <laughs> well, it it's is a crazy world that we it, live it in. makes me wish I had some good, just simple things to recommend people to read, just to think. Not that I've read them about technology and, yeah, all and, there and is how we is think Postman. about it. Well, there's not okay. Postman is the is the easiest popular reference, and he's useful. Amusing ourselves to death, Neil Postman. But there's what also what's what's Lucas Weeks, pastor in our church back in Trinity, read and I think led some discussion groups on. F- an old, or I mean old, so an like old French book. Or something. Oh, on technology. There you go. Yeah, and it's. I have it on my shelf. I haven't read it. I suspect it would be. It would pay back at least a little bit of dipping into. But I mean, if you're interested in these kinds of things, you could do worse than just reading like Elon Musk's reading list or something like. I'm that. sure. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. I just there, don't there have are a, there are deep something. thinkers and philosophers who are trying to play catch up with this kind of thing. Probably some of our listeners could help us or have already posted on various forums about lists like these i don't know i just don't have one besides postman and postman's good neil postman's amusing ourselves to death is worth reading i didn't do it for years because i'm like he's from the 80s why do i care but he's pretty he's pretty good also he's from the 80s (laughs) (laughs) what the value in in reading postman is to say hey this guy saw it coming he saw it coming a mile away and he was right and it's kind of too late. <laughs> right. Given that it's too late, though, Postman has u- <laughs> limited utility. We need the person who's like, okay, it's already too late, so now what do we do? So now what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what it's not too late for. It's not too late to use the internet. Your very smartphone or any, your whatever other access, portal of access to the great World Wide Web you have to go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. And what are the kinds of things that you can do there, Ben? You can view awesome patron-only content. Yeah. Of course, you'd have to become a patron to do that. Yeah, so no, you could just be sad and you, <laughs> locked outside of the patron. Yeah, thing. yeah. I think you get, you, you, you're you allowed to see that we did make an awesome post, but you can't look at it until you support us for at least $5 a month. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right? And, then you, and then you're helping actually create that awesome content that you also get access to. That's absolutely right. Right. So you win twice and we win, I think, once. Mm-hmm. Our win is a big win, though. It's a big win. Yeah. Yeah. Helps pay, keep the lights on around mm-hmm. here, which is, is very kind. So, patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. And until next time, stay sane. <laughs>